This episode of Zero Brightness is brought to you by you. You can head to patreon.com slash zero brightness to sign up to support the show directly and get bonus content multiple times per week. Thank you to everyone who supports the show, and I look forward to meeting more of you soon. Okay, so we went and saw the Resident Evil movie. On Thanksgiving. In the middle of the day. So that no one would be there. Yeah. And it worked. It did work. It was just one us and one other person. Yeah, and we didn't see them. You didn't see them at all. I saw them at the end when they Naruto ran out of the theater. When did they run out? Like, well, so the credits started and we stood up to leave. And then there was an after credit sequence. Uh, which they clearly knew was there. Yeah. Because they didn't Waited, wait. yeah. Yeah, and then, so we stood by the door and watched the after credit sequence, and then right after it finished, I saw them go like, Pew. What the fuck? Was there a second exit? Yeah, yeah. There was like a, a door on each side. Oh, of the yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, I did not see anyone pass me. <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> they would have had to like, Twilight fly down the stairs. They did. Yeah, we also watched Twilight. <laughs> Twilight's a fucking trip, dude. Twilight rocks. That's probably the weirdest movie I've ever seen. Mm, yeah. It doesn't feel like it was made by people or for people. It was definitely made by and for people. It feels like it was made Just by like people aliens. I respect. Moss monsters or something. Moss monsters? Yeah, like they're in the forest and like, play, play, make a movie. No, it was just made for like mall goths and like horny old ladies. Yeah, but that doesn't explain the like, the editing or the acting, the attention span. It's because it could have looked like anything and people still would have gone to see it. Sure. Yeah. I saw every single one in theaters, except for the last one. <laughs> have you seen the last one though? No. See, you I have seeing- to rewatch them all. Well, you were saying that. I don't know if that's worth our time. I think what would be funnier is if we just watched the first one and then just watched the last one. I don't need no man to tell me what's worth my time and what is not worth my time. (laughs) You rarely watch a movie that's over 90 minutes, and those are all at least two hours. (laughs) I know. The first one was like two hours long. Yeah. And I was like, let's watch the second one. And it was like two hours and 10 minutes. And I was like, that's far too much. The first one being two hours was pretty brutal. Like... I said, the first 30 minutes are magical. I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Second 30 minutes, it started to wear on me a little bit. And the whole last hour, it was like, how much of this? The last hour is a freaking thrill ride. The baseball game is in the second hour. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's some highlights in the second hour for sure. But it's it was a lot. It was a lot to sit through. You made me watch that goofy ass movie with the lady with all the machines in the forest. What? Remember, she had all the machines in the forest, and there are all the flashing lights. And the that movie guy was got his toes cut off. Good. Yeah, well, so was Twilight. No. But that movie was like three hours long. That was really good. Dude, you can't compare that to Twilight. I fell asleep. When? For a little bit. <laughs> in the Earth, it's a Ben Wheatley movie. Is like one of my favorite directors. It's really Yeah, good. well, I'm just saying it had its downfalls as well. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but come on. It's not. It's better than Twilight. It's in a different weight class than Twilight. As long as okay. Well, one of us has a film education. The other one doesn't. Yeah. And I believe that I am... <laughs> 
classically trained. Classically trained. <laughs> I mean, you are, but no, Twilight stinks. But one time, I uh, I was like on the bus, um, going to see like the first part of the last chapter, and like uh, my bus got t-boned by a car. Oh my god! And I was like, fuck! And the guy got out and was like screaming, and I was like, okay. Now that I know that everyone is fine, I like kicked the back door open and I ran two blocks to get to the theater. <laughs> yeah. Because I also don't like missing like one second of a theater yeah. experience because it's so expensive. I also feel too, though, like on the bus, aren't there some emergencies where they like want to keep you there? Like I've. Yeah, probably. I've been in some situations on the bus where I'm like, oh, they're about to tell us to stay and I just kick the back door out. And yeah. Leave. I'm well, like, yeah, because what am I going to do? do? Yeah. I didn't shoot anybody. Yeah. I probably should have. And I didn't. There are a few times on the bus where I probably should have initiated violence. I Well, I saw someone get pistol whipped on the bus once. And I was <laughs> pretending not to see. Didn't you also get stabbed on the bus once? Yeah, but just like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like enough to like go to the hospital. You just had a hole in your coat. I remember the first time you wore it. I was like, why is there a hole in your coat? And you're like, oh, I got stabbed there. <laughs> You kept that code for so long, too, for no reason. For no reason? It saved my life. <laughs> you had a debt of gratitude to that code? <laughs> yeah, to my H&M bomber jacket. It was like a samurai movie. <laughs> like, I, don't know. I will never <laughs> abandon you, code master. <laughs> anyway, like, they didn't say that I had to stay, and I probably wouldn't have anyway. You should have thrown yourself on the floor and started That's screaming out my back. That's what half the fucking bus did. So I was like, I'm not fucking with this. I want to get a popcorn. <laughs> Initiating the lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they're waiting for the cops to show up. But anyway, the theater experience on Thanksgiving was good. Yeah. Well, we, you know, for a few years now have been choosing to go to kind of out of the way theaters at weird times. Like most of the movies we've seen in the theater in the last like five, six years have been just us and one or two other people. Yeah. But the first time that we went post COVID was Scream, which is not a lot of people, but everybody did sit right next to us, which that, I didn't love. Well, I didn't like the guys next like, to our left. Yeah, the man with man the world's disgusting. largest bag of popcorn. Yeah. It was magical. It never stopped. But then there were a bunch of like teens to our right. Mm-hmm. And remember, like, I bought my I bought my tickets so fast because I thought it was gonna sell out. And then because like, I always think that stuff I like is gonna sell out. <laughs> so I like bought our tickets immediately and it was like four seats in like the very front row. Yeah. And then um our friends didn't come. No one came with us. Apparently nobody wants to see a 25-year-old movie in a theater during a pandemic. <laughs> Fine. Um, but I saw that they had, because I was like periodically checking the like seat map to see how full it would be. Yeah. Because it was the first movie I'd seen since COVID. So I was like really nervous to go. So the people behind us bought our tickets or bought their tickets like a couple days after I did. And I was like, that sucks. They're going to be sitting right behind us. And like when I got there, it was about, or when we got there, you were there as well. It was like yeah, just. I was also there. Um, it was just teenage girls. Yeah. So then I was like, scoot down a row. Yeah. And sit next to us. And then that was like, okay, I'm gonna deal with this. But then like two more people came and they sat like right by me. And the dude, I swear to God, had a fucking microwave under his seat and was like making more popcorn. <laughs> or he was eating the world's biggest bag of popcorn one yeah. kernel at a time. 
Because it never Well, he up. also ate like a fucking pig. Yeah. But the girls who sat next to us. teeth or something. <laughs> probably. Like, that's cow, disgusting. Cow, cow. The girls who sat next to us were like all like super cute, like alternatives. <laughs> and they were, it was like, I loved it so much. Yeah, yeah. Because they knew like one of them hadn't seen it. And like two of them like knew all the words. And like, uh, it was, I don't know. It was just really cute. It's like a yeah, movie. Yeah. No, so like that wasn't a bad experience. But I would say that was like a mediocre experience this was like banging well well yeah because at scream i was like if that guy doesn't stop eating like i'm gonna kill myself because like <laughs> it felt like being in like it yeah. felt like he was sitting on my shoulder and i was one seat closer to him yeah i was one step closer to the edge and i was about to break <laughs> and i like fucking flip out when people eat near me yeah you have mesothelioma or whatever it's called mesopotamia yeah that thing the thing yeah where you hate chewing sounds yeah yeah i don't have that but that dude was really up in my ass (laughs) yeah but on thursday it was so nice because just the two of us and that Mm -hmm. one naruto runner yeah who was in the back probably masturbating the whole time which is like (laughs) wow what a freaky thing. 100 feet behind me sure um but then like the seats were heated (laughs) okay so we accidentally went to well not accidentally i just didn't know anything about this chain yeah so monica was like do you want to go to the theater in this (laughs) suburb and i was like yeah sure that sounds fine we go there it's a chain called imagine with an e for some reason which is really funny um but then uh we get in there and it turns out that every seat is like a lazy boy recliner, yeah. like a 90s style brown leather lazy boy recliner with a heater yeah. in it. And like I had my, sorry everyone, my period. And so my <laughs> back really hurt and like the seat really, it didn't really heat anywhere other than your lower back. So it was like yeah. I had a heating pad on the whole time and I was like laying all the way down Yeah, and there was nobody there. I think also because... um a lot of the Google reviews were like, is this safe? Is this a safe place to be? And someone was like going through and like commenting like, yeah, it was the one in Plymouth that got shot up. <laughs> oh my <laughs> and God. not the one we went to. <laughs> yeah. So we did not get shot up. But I did get really sick because I was like, I'm going to buy myself a treat. I'm going to buy myself a Fountain Diet Coke because they had one of those crazy like future machines where you pick yeah. any flavor and you can mix them yeah the ones at noodles and company yeah <laughs> noodles and company was like ahead of everyone yeah that's the only other place i've seen those but it was seven dollars yeah so i refilled it three times yeah. so when i got home i had to take a nap because i felt so sick it was fun though we got crazy at the end i made a like an orange creamsicle flavored diet coke it was really good actually even though mm-hmm. you said it tastes like a circus peanut, which I felt was very offensive. Well, that's what sent me over the edge. I had like had enough. <laughs> well, you didn't have to drink any of it. But... Well, I like I paid for it, so I was gonna drink <laughs> some of it. Refill number three <laughs> of this of the twenty ounce diet coke. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was actually pretty cool. Uh, yeah, cool theater experience. And uh, it turns out this new Resident Evil movie is actually really good. Okay, I thought it was too. This like, like really good. I stumbled upon a oh, no. Twitter thread this morning uh, of like this author I like saw Welcome to Raccoon City like this weekend, and he and this other guy like got into this exchange that was like, it had no heart, it had no plot, no fucking duh, dude. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? 
I mean, I didn't go in expecting fucking. I well, I haven't seen Citizen Kane. You can't just go around uh, saying that. Do we get into this for a second? Okay, you went to film school. <laughs> you're quote unquote classically trained in film, and yet you haven't seen Citizen Kane. You haven't seen The Godfather. You haven't seen Star Wars. Like I haven't seen Titanic. T- what? Oh my! Every time it's as upsetting. Oh, as you the know what movie time. I have seen though? Schindler's List. Okay, you've also seen Twilight. It doesn't change that you haven't seen. No. Not even that those are all the best movies ever, but they're just like big, like shared cultural experiences in film. It's just weird. That you seen. My family was too freaking poor to be going to the movies all the time. All right, money bag. <laughs> okay. You, all right. You have huh? you rented movies. You up in there in your freaking ivory tower. We did actually go to the movies for free for most of my life. Cause like, okay, then. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Like in Houston, we knew a guy who owned a theater in Cincinnati. We had a hookup. In Minnesota, all my friends worked at the theater so I could go see movies for free. But you, you rented movies. You could have rented Titanic at any time. Yeah, but it looks boring. Okay, well, don't turn this into me being classist <laughs> because you think it looks boring. It does look boring, and I know what happens. Titanic is uh, a good movie, though. Okay, so is Twilight. No, it's so I'll not. just watch Twilight. <laughs> Titanic is way too fucking long. I'll I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, I just like I I just uh, care. Yeah. But then, like, you were you were trying to get me to watch ten hours of Twilight. So what? <laughs> so, Not in one sitting. Well, yeah, you don't have to watch all those movies in one sitting either. Titanic came on two VHS tapes. Okay, I don't care. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, uh, Resident <laughs> Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. The new Resident Evil movie is actually really, really good. It was really good. It has Effie from Skins in it. It's got the big guy from Umbrella Academy. The guy who's half uh, gorilla. Yeah. Um, and who else is it? It's kind of all-star, all-star-y cast. Oh, uh, Donald Logue. Is it? Yeah. Um, who else is in it? Uh, it's uh, crazy. The guy from Letterkenny. Oh, yeah. The guy from Letterkenny. A little upset that they didn't have him say pitter-patter. Let's yeah. get at her. Or something. Well, they probably... I don't... Yeah. It's yeah. fine. He didn't really say anything. No, it was a very bit part. But he had a cool scene where he's listening to like four non blondes or something like that in the helicopter and like jamming. Yeah, playing Snake on his phone. On his Nokia. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of really cool choices in this movie. Number one is it's like a 90s period piece, which is like obviously very hip right now, but I think they do it in a really cool way where it's not just stuff like the guy from Letterkenny playing Snake on his phone. Well, yeah, and it's not like somebody's like clutching their heart and they take their hands away and they're wearing like a like a heat print shirt (laughs) (laughs) that actually would have been sick (laughs) some shit goes too far but this didn't i thought well i thought what was cool is that they borrowed the look of those like that kind of dark 90s like pc game sort of look so Mm -hmm. it actually has a similar like color palette and visual style to the original resident evil which was like very very 90s and I thought that was actually like a cool choice and that made the whole like 90s period piece thing make sense. And they also didn't do too many like needle drops. Like there aren't too many obnoxious like, you know, random 90s song plays moments. Yeah. There's maybe like one 
in the movie that was a little like okay but that's a cool choice the other thing is that the premise of the movie which i didn't understand and i bet a lot of people who haven't seen it or aren't paying too close attention uh don't understand is that it's actually the plot of the first two games moved and like kind of remixed so that they all happen on the same night um and that actually ends up being fucking genius like it's really confusing if you're like a super hardcore fan of the series like me um there's a lot of moments where you're trying to figure out what they're doing because it's not exactly the same as the game or like i said it's just like slightly remixed but actually taking the first two games and turning them into one coherent story is a really good idea and they execute it super well because yeah like there isn't a lot of like meat on the bones of the plot of resident evil it's just like a series of events basically yeah i don't know if those guys wanted like a fucking character study or what yeah but it's like i feel like i've never like like no offense to anyone here but i've never like sat down to watch a movie based on a video game expecting to have my fucking life changed yeah (laughs) but that's i mean that's just me yeah well for sure and i mean like i think expectations for us were pretty low because like i've seen the first few of the old resident evil series well yeah isn't there like fucking like 18 resident evil movies or something um like there's a lot i've only seen the first like two or three yeah in the original series which is by paul s anderson oh my god how dare he paul t what a fucking dork i know it's so confusing and it's like dude no one's gonna confuse you for one of you know my facts about paul thomas anderson what's that he's uh married to maya rudolph oh yeah that's crazy do you know my fact about paul thomas anderson wow is that we named the pt cruiser pt anderson oh my god do you know another fact about paul thomas anderson what I saw There Will Be Blood six times in theaters. Yeah, you love that movie. You love that soundtrack. (laughs) That's 18 hours of There Will Be Blood. But that's like an insanely good movie. And you can't do 10 hours of Twilight. (laughs) Yeah. I I would happily do 18 hours of There Will Be Blood over 10 hours of Twilight for sure. Yeah. Like I said, Twilight's like a good, it's a good comedy, but at two hours you start to lose focus. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, um, yeah, so the original series of Resident Evil movies uh, are pretty fucking bad. And the first couple are fun. And then after that, I had no idea what they were doing. We, last year, during like lockdown, remember, we were like, oh, let's watch them all. And then we looked up and there's like eight or nine there's of them. There's so many. Yeah. It's like so insane that I was just like, oh, well, fuck this. Because like... So the first one is a pretty good movie if you like Cube and like that whole like genre of like shit. Oh, I love Cube. Yeah. I mean, Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil movie is basically just a Cube knockoff, but it's mm-hmm. got zombies for some reason. Yeah. Like after the first 10 minutes of the movie, you completely forget you're supposed to be watching something based off Resident Evil and you're just like, oh, I'm just watching like a, a TBS movie, you know, or like I'm watching a movie on USA or some shit. And it's like, it's good. Did you hear about how... um HBO like accidentally replaced the Birds of Prey with the TV edit. Yeah. And everybody was like, I'm reverting to physical media. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. Somebody's like, I can't believe I can just disappear a whole movie. 
it's like they disappear people all the time yeah like you can't get rid of your little aerial silk movie Remember how she's really into Ariel Silk? Yeah, she's like a ribbon dancer or some shit. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what it's called, but I always call it ribbon dancing. <laughs> yeah, well, ribbon dancing is when you have a ribbon, you like dance with the ribbon. And then Do you a- see what I'm saying? Ariel dancing is like you're in the air. It's like they're silks. Mm-hmm. And to like do like Ariel Silks, like Ariel Yoga, they're suspended from the ceiling. And then you like entwine yourself with the silks. So the um, ribbons are bigger. Well, they're not ribbons. They're just like, okay. All right. I'm just doing a bit. Don't get yep. mad. Yep. That's no, okay. I try to teach you a little something about culture. <laughs> Are you secretly the head of the aerial dancers union? <laughs> yeah. I just like <laughs> lift my arm and like. <laughs> you just ascend to the ceiling on a ribbon that it wasn't It's there. not a fucking well, ribbon. Technically, is it not just a big ribbon? No. Okay. Because it's like a loop. Okay, okay. A ribbon would be like open-ended. I'm, I'm sorry. Ribbon okay. dancing is like when like you have, you do like little hops. It's like gymnastics with a ribbon. Okay, okay. Ribbon dancing, I don't fucking get. Okay. <laughs> Aerial silks make sense to me. I don't, I don't Because you have to be really strong so. to do it. Yeah, sure. Clearly, I don't understand any of it. <laughs> I'm just a dumbass. I'm just making a joke. <laughs> anyway. I'll read more about it and then I'll let you know when I find out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so first Resident Evil movie, pretty good cube movie. Uh, second Resident Evil movie is really funny because it makes no fucking sense. And they tried to bring in stuff from the video games in that movie, but it's like really funny. Like randomly, there's just like a cosplayer who shows up dressed as one of the characters like oh, from no. the games. It's really weird. It's super confusing. Um, but that movie's kind of funny because it's really bad. And then after that, it just like, it just kind of goes into its own lore, which is like not good enough to sustain like nine movies. And yeah, it just gets really shitty. But so this one, Hard Reset, they decided to stick super close to the games. So. Yeah, like, if you've played the games, if you know the stories, it's full and full and full of, like, references, lore, all sorts of crazy shit. And, like, they definitely remix things and change things, but it's all in service of it being, like, one coherent story, which I thought was really cool. I will say that, like, there are so many references and, like, Easter eggs and shit that, like, the first 30 minutes of the movie are almost like hard to watch for me because like mm-hmm. it was just like getting bombarded constantly with like references and i was just like bro can we like can we take a break uh, why don't they space them out i don't know it's crazy because it kind of goes away after that like or at least it like cools down <clears throat> yeah um because like yeah like in you know like even in the just weird things like there's a scene where uh claire gets attacked by the neighbors and she writes itchy tasty in blood on the door like that's a reference to the first oh movie. okay that makes sense because i was like what the fuck yeah it's the, <laughs> i was that, like okay lady that's why they're weird because they read like non sequiturs or like there's a line early on when like the stars team is uh like hanging out at a diner and jill goes like jill's sandwich that's like a reference to the game oh because there's a line in the original game that like 
what that's like iconic for being stupid when one of the characters goes you were almost a jill sandwich oh and like it's, okay that's yeah. funny but it's like some of it like that one was kind of cute like i was like okay and it's like almost forgives the fact that they cut the character who says that line who's like everyone's like favorite barry mm-hmm. he's like the dad of the team and i don't understand why they cut him instead replaced him with like a random guy who looks like the guy from letter kenny but isn't oh yeah <laughs> yeah because like i got so confused when they went back to the police station and the guy from letter kenny was there and i was like has he been in the whole movie yeah but there's a guy who just looks kind of just like looks it. exactly like, well it's like you should have cut that guy <laughs> and put in barry because barry rocks and like you could have gotten any like fun dad type actor to to play barry and it would have been great brian uh, cranston Brian Cranston. Maybe you need like a bigger guy. You need like a bear kind of man. I can't think of a good one right now, but you know, there's like so many right now. Oh my God, we're freaking fan casting the movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, they just like got rid of Barry, which is weird. But yeah, so the setup of the movie is that um, Claire Redfield goes home to find her brother, Chris, on the same night that Chris's squad is like sent to Spencer mansion and that Leon, the rookie cop starts Mm -hmm. like working as a police officer. And like, it sounds like a mess, but it actually works really well. Like it allows them to basically like fold in a bunch of like iconic scenes from the games and like kind of do them like pretty quickly in a row. That's like the kind of like fan service shit that I thought was cool. Like, so that whole intro where uh, Claire is like hitching a ride with the trucker, that's basically just like a remixed version of the opening scene of uh, Resident Evil 2. But yeah. in the version that's in the game, the trucker's alone. And he basically hits a guy, stops, gets bitten, and then crashes his truck later. Mm. That's like the opening scene of Resident Evil Oh my 2. God, when his dog was like licking that blood, I was yeah. like, oh no. There is a really funny thing. So yeah, like he has a dog with him. The dog licks zombie blood and turns into a zombie. But like when they show the dog later, the way that they did like zombie effects on it was just to like CGI in like drool. But the dog still looked really like cute and nice. Yeah. But he was just like drooling in his well, eyes. His eyes really. were like glassy. Yeah, I just thought that was really funny because like yeah. that dog is still really cute. Like mm-hmm. they didn't really make. I it. thought the zombies are really scary. A lot of the stuff where like the town starts like transitioning was scary. Yeah, well, that was another cool thing they did because, like, the original timeline of the games is, like, Resident Evil 1 happens, an undetermined amount of time passes, but I think it's, like, a few weeks. So, they're close in time, but they're not right on top of each other. And then when Resident Evil 2 starts, basically the whole town is already overrun. So, there's just, like, the outbreak has happened, everybody's zombies, but it hasn't, like, reached the outside world yet, like, news or anything. Mm -hmm. So in this, they change it so that the outbreak is happening on that night and it's just spreading really fast. So like the first zombies you see aren't even zombies. They're just people turning into zombies and then they slowly turn into like what we know more zombies. But they're also kind of, yeah, they're really scary because they're not like rotting and fucked up. They're kind of just like, well, yeah, like like, fresh zombies. I thought the scariest thing was when the waitress was like uh, talking to someone and like, um, she had like a single like drop of blood come out of her eye. Yeah, and I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, and like the weird like balding neighbors. Mm-hmm. That was scary. Yeah, it actually has a really good wind up because like they establish all those storylines and they give them a little bit of space to breathe. So like 
like Claire comes back and finds Chris. They kind of like have a confrontation and then he goes to work. So that happens, you know, Leon wakes up hungover and goes and gets food or like Mm -hmm. the stars team, which is like, you know, Jill and Wesker and all those people like, uh, are just like hanging out, you know, at the same diner and just like, I, okay. I thought it was so funny that Leon woke up and he was like, so hungover and like, I thought he'd only been drinking Bud Light. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? And it was like Bud Light light or something. Oh, that was yellow jackets. We were watching. Where the lady was drinking PBR light. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he did have like Bud Light bottles and you're like, how is he so hungover? But I had the same thought and I looked in the back of the frame and he, there was a bottle of like Jack oh, Daniels. Yeah. So, but yeah, we were watching Yellow Jackets and someone was drinking PBR light. I was like, which that's disgusting. I think that's just piss. Yeah. <laughs> like at that point. It's like toilet water. <laughs> toilet water from <laughs> bars like, across. Beer for women. <laughs> Yeah, PBR is, like, really trying to get into the, like, alternative, not, like, alternative lifestyle market, but just, like, different types of, like, weird, like, beer drinks. Yeah, and they're all they did terrible. that fucking, they did, like, hard coffee. Oh, dude, I tried one of those, and it's the most disgusting. It tastes like vomit. One, was... Who gave you one? <laughs> That's so gross. I actually don't remember how I came into possession when it came out, I was so sick of hearing about it that I blocked the term on Twitter. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was fucking disgusting. Uh, and PBR is, is fucking gross. Mm-hmm. I think if you're a musician and you don't get sick of PBR after like a few years, you need to like look inside yourself. I, okay. I like PBR in a glass bottle. Like Mexican Coke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, no, I like it in a bottle. Okay. And I like High Life in a bottle. Well, High Life is just good. <clears throat> mm, it's really sugary. Yeah, but like for what it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and I like PBR as a chaser. Sure. For like a bloody. Yeah. But also, <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, also we can get off of this because you can't have any of this stuff. <laughs> Trying to talk beer with, with old coleslaw. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) so like in the setup of the story, I kind of want to talk about this and point out a few of the changes that they made from the games because I think it's really interesting. Um, Number one, they changed this not all white people, which I'm sure um, I'm sure somebody's mad about. I haven't looked it up because I don't fucking care, but I like it. Um, I thought it was a good change. The other thing is that they changed everyone to just be like a lot more relatable. So like with the stars team, um, Wesker's on it. And like in the video games, Wesker has this like, and he's played by the big guy from Umbrella Academy. In the games, he has this kind of like random, sudden out of nowhere, like heel turn, like halfway through or towards the end of like the first game where it's just, he's suddenly the villain. And it kind of makes no sense. In this, they made him, like, a pretty nice, like, affable dude. And they cast, like, a super likable, like, nice he's guy. He's so likable. Yeah. I think he's a weird perv on Umbrella Academy. Yeah. But that's, they, like, made that whole storyline where he wants to, like, fuck his sister. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's a sister fucker <clears throat> on that show, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, yeah, like, uh, that was, like, such a genius change to, like, cast a really likable actor and actually give him some time to be 
like a likable or relatable character because like the way that his whole heel turn happens is that someone contacted him and said hey like shit's gonna go down here's some information that'll help you and then like by the time he's actually like in the mission he's like well fuck you guys and he just like kind of he has his heel turn Mm -hmm. but it's like actually believable and it actually works unlike in the game where it's just kind of like random like the first time you play Resident Evil you're just like what the fuck why is he but also like he looks like a villain the whole game so in the first game he's styled to look like uh T-1000 from Terminator 2 the sunglasses the crop top the Mm -hmm. the like really tight uniform like everything so um yeah like it was I was actually happy that they like changed that um, another thing is that they changed it so that Chris and Claire grew up in the orphanage f- that like appears in the Resident Evil 2 remake. Like this is a really confusing thing to try and map out, but like they in their original lore, they're orphans and it's kind of just like, that's it. Like they're orphans. But in this version, they made them orphans. They had them grow up in the Raccoon City Orphanage, which is like connected to Umbrella Labs and like the police station that you see in the Resident Evil 2 remake. And they folded in Lisa Trevor, who's a character, the weird like monster Mm -hmm. thing, Lisa Trevor, is a character from the Resident Evil 1 remake who appears basically as like a tragic monster that you kind of find out her backstory Mm -hmm. and then um, like fight her at a certain point. You fight her? Yeah. Yeah, she's like a tragic monster. She's not like an kind of a anti-hero. Because she's just like a, a monster. But she was nice in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying. They kind of like invented oh they invented this whole different or not whole different, but they basically fleshed out the backstory of Chris and Claire and brought in Lisa Trevor as like kind of a uh anti-hero or like a heroic monster or something which actually is like really really cool but it's once again it's like if you know all the storylines of the games you're watching you're just like this is fucking crazy but it's like they basically played 4d chess like with all the lore and i thought that was like really really what does that mean like they thought of all the angles oh i I see and I, i feel like they actually did something really really cool where like they, you know, they were considering like the original games and the remakes and looking at all the lore and just trying to make something coherent. Cause like the lore of Resident Evil is not coherent. There's no single timeline, like timeline? Timeline. <laughs> There's no single timeline. Remakes and re-releases contradict each other. Like all this shit gets really, really crazy. So I thought it was cool that they actually decided to take elements of everything and wrap it up into one like coherent storyline. Like that shit was yeah. really cool. Well, it's probably because there's people like me who want to see a movie on Thanksgiving and they never touch that shit. <laughs> you gotta, well, I mean, you got to make it interesting for everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think they did a really good job. And yeah, like contrasting with the old movies, the way that the old movies tried to do it was just to be like, fuck this shit. Like, <clears throat> here's this story. <laughs> Whatever that story is, you know, like... But yeah, this one, and you know, there, I thought the references that were done like in service to the plot were cool. Like when Lisa Trevor fights that monster, the liquor, that's a monster from the games. That's like pretty iconic. The monsters were so scary. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, I was talking about this yesterday. I think the reason that this movie works so well in terms of just being like a horror movie or an action movie is that like the horror of Resident Evil is very, very simple. 
Like it's literally just that like, wouldn't it be scary if you're in a small space with a bunch of zombies or a scary monster and it like jumped on top of you? Like wouldn't that's fucking suck. And for some reason, like the original Resident Evil movies are just like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Hold on. Let's do this. There's a robot and an AI and like there's like 10 zombies in here. And then like there's another AI and then there's the cube laser scene <laughs> in our movie. Um, and like, I think this movie is smart in that like, like when they go to Spencer Mansion and they go to do like that mission, they're, the place is full of zombies and it's super dark and it's just super scary. And like, it's like, yeah, that's Resident Evil. That's what works. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that part was really, really cool. Like when they're in the mansion and they're getting like swarmed by little zombies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like, I the- wanted them to look around the mansion more. <laughs> Somewhere somebody's like, don't play the game, dumb bitch. <laughs> well, see, the funny thing is that like, I didn't know how they were going to do that, like in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so then when they, so yeah, basically the out right before the outbreak really gets going, one just like in the first game, one of the stars teams disappears and they send the team that we're following to go check out the mansion. And the exact same series of events happens basically this once again, it's slightly remixed, but mm-hmm. the same series of events happens like in the mansion. And so when they sent them there, we already saw a few like video gamey things happening, like people finding keys and notes and things like that, that you would see in the original game. So I was like, are they going to have them go around and like unlock all the doors and match the like oh armor? God, that'd be so funny. And so I was almost nervous because I was like, this could get really stupid, but then they don't, they just kind of cut all that. And it's just kind of like, yeah, Chris has his little journey, which is also a cool reference to the game, how Chris and Jill have different journeys like in the mansion just like in the Mm -hmm. game so you know he does his thing jill does her thing and then they kind of like meet up pretty much at the end of the movie and like i thought that was cool because it cut out a lot of stuff that could have been either really confusing if you haven't played the game or just really boring like just people walking around yeah and they recreate like the most iconic scene from the game which is when uh, they they find the first zombie and it's eating the dude and it stands up and turns around. Oh, so like the original Resident Evil opens with like a live action cutscene that's notorious because it's really fucking stupid and it looks like shit. And then you get in the mansion, you play for maybe maybe five minutes, and then you encounter that scene and it's the first like computer generated like full motion video thing you see in the game. So for a lot of people my age, it like totally blew their fucking mind because mm-hmm. like this shit looked like Toy Story, but it was a fucking zombie. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God, what the fuck? You know? Oh, there's a movie I've seen. Toy Story? Toy Story. You used to say Toy Story was your favorite movie. It used to be my favorite movie. Yeah. It's not anymore though. No. What's your favorite movie now? Mm, probably Ghost World or There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Oh, well, or Nightbreed. Yeah. I just really liked Toy Story for a really long time. <sighs> they made too many of them, though. Dude, you know what's crazy? Have you, like, looked at the original Toy Story recently? Like, no. I just saw a clip of it in something I was watching. It looks like... Does it look really chunky, you know? Yeah, it looks, like, bad. Oh, my God. Isn't that uh, crazy? I don't want to see it, then. Toy Story was the thing that I thought would, like, carry through. Because I remember, like, as a teenager, every time I'd seen it, like, man, Toy Story still looks good. But, like, it looks chunky. Jurassic Park still looks good though. Yeah. So. My mom and my uncle went to go see Jurassic Park in theater. 
mm-hmm. in theaters and I couldn't go because my mom was like, it's too scary. You can't go to see it in theaters. So I stayed home with my grandma and she watched um, Poison Ivy. <laughs> and I did a puzzle and I'm like, watch Poison Ivy. <laughs> a movie that's like even more inappropriate. It's like softcore porn. Yeah, way more inappropriate, yeah. honestly. That's okay. Yeah, my parents wouldn't let me see Jurassic Park at the last minute. <laughs> they told what? me they told me I could go and then like at the last minute they were like, It's too scary, you can't go. Why why did parents think it was scary? Well Is a fucking dinosaur gonna come get me? And these were all like absentee parents who let us watch like every like I had already seen like every you know, Terminator and all these like fucked up eighties movies. I already seen Robocop. It's like, oh, Jurassic Park's gonna have something worse than Robocop in it? Like, no. Um, but yeah, and then so finally when it came out on home video, my mom was like, okay, we can rent it and you can watch it. And we had to wait weeks because they had a waiting list because people oh, yeah. were so hyped. And then we got it, and by the time we got it, the tape was totally worn out. <gasps> oh no. And you couldn't see anything. It was just like black and static. So I saw the first scene of Jurassic Park, and then the tape basically ate itself. And what I was the fuck? so Did fucking... you guys have to pay for it? No, no. We just took it back and was like, hey, this tape is messed up. And they knew because like so many people had already seen it. So we went back and they gave us like a discount on like actually buying the VHS. Mm. And so we got a VHS copy of Jurassic Park. So it took me forever and I watched it and I was like, it was worth it. Best movie ever. <laughs> the VHS too, the packaging of the VHS was so sick. because It was just all black with just the Jurassic Park logo on it. <laughs> That's cool. I remember being like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. My favorite part of uh, Jurassic Park is when um, the guy uh, shows the false bottom to the shaving cream oh, can yeah. and puts it in his hand and like wipes it on someone else's pie. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene is really weird. Yeah. That scene is like burned into my memory because of how weird it is. Like when he pops up in a shaving cream can, you're like, what the fuck? Because yeah. you don't know what he's going to do with it either. Like, it's really weird. And then when the guy's like, keep your voice down. He's like, hey, hey, we got embryos <laughs> over here. We got embryos yeah. over here. See, see, nobody cares. Like, it, the way he delivers all those lines is like so fucking weird. Yeah. Wayne Knight stresses me out. Yeah, he's a scary dude. See, nobody cares. I always really like the part where um, she's like freaking out and she like goes up against the wall and then like uh samuel jackson's arm oh, lands on her like, she's like oh god i'm so glad to see <laughs> yeah and then she delivers the famous line that's just an arm <laughs> ah! <laughs> do you know that i just told jenny um like of shane and jenny this uh-huh. the other day but the girl from jurassic park was in the ben folds five video for brick ew like the little girl yeah well, she's not little. She's like a teenager in Jurassic Park. Yeah, but I hate that because I hate that song. Why? It's just gross. Hmm, sounds like you're a little bit pro-life to me. No, Brick is gross because it's a it's a song about a guy whose girlfriend gets an abortion, but it's not about her. It's about him. Does abortion hurt my feelings? Yeah. He's like, oh, I can't believe she's so fucking sad. Why is she so fucking sad? Why can't she just shut up and watch Jurassic Park with me like normal? Because she's not going to watch it if she's in it. <laughs> I'm just saying I hated that because if it was a realistic song about abortion it would be like 
man, I hope she's okay. Does she need soup? <laughs> that was like actual emotions, but like, no, that song is bullshit. Also, now I permanently associate that song with the time that like right before Christmas, my friend said, hey, do you want to go do karaoke? And I was like, not really, but I'll come for the hang. And I was like, where are you guys going? And they said some weird, scary townie bar basically in the weirdest most like remote part of minneapolis and i was like okay so i show up there weird sad place and basically everybody's doing christmas music because it's right before christmas but i had never experienced that because i'd only done karaoke at places where people are like at least a little bit cool so this was like pretty cursed like a lot of like ladies there with their hubbies and like mm-hmm. oh i'm gonna do santa baby and point at you the whole yeah. time jeff you know <laughs> and so it's like santa baby just a lot of that shit and one dude gets up the first time he's pretty drunk and he sings like jingle bells and it was just like this is weird because this guy can barely stand you know but mm-hmm. okay all right hey good job buddy great he goes and sits down whole nother round of everybody you know doing their thing and he gets back up and now he's like wasted like somehow in 20-ish minutes he's gone from like pretty drunk to like gonna die and he gets up and does brick by ben folds five which i never noticed was technically technically a a christmas song because it's yeah the first line is like it happens at 6 a.m day after christmas yeah so it's like a christmas song so he gets up and he sings it and that is the weirdest, saddest thing I've ever seen anyone perform. That's so funny. And we're all just sitting there like, oh, no. <laughs> and then as we're leaving, uh, we find the guy in the men's bathroom passed out in a giant urinal. That oh, he's just like, no. And he's vomited all over the bathroom. So this place had these. Was he alive? Uh, yeah, he was alive. I, he's like moaning or something. Mm. Um, but so like this place had these. I don't know if y'all have ever experienced this but there's like some old like really old buildings that have like old timey urinals that are basically just like floor to halfway up the wall like depositories i don't know it just looks like a giant urinal but it's just like built into the wall and you just stand over it and pee into it it's basically like a fancy drain that you just pee into this had those and so the dude was just like fully inside one of those it was fucked up do you know that urinals were um designed by like uh, like people that owned and operated mines because the miners would take less time in the bathroom if they stood up to pee. Damn. So technically sitting down to pee. Is anti-capitalist. Yep. Yeah, dude. Get on it. Ironically, I would never sit down to pee at a job because public toilets fucking disgust me. Well, I have to sit down to pee at work all the time. Well, I know. It's different. I'm just saying. Given the option to never yeah, do it. Yeah, I guess a lady did recently just fucking tear it up in there and like literally like smear shit everywhere somehow. <laughs> you said you were the lady who came back for seconds on smearing shit on the wall. Well, yeah. She like smeared shit in the stall. The fr- And I work next to someplace that sells like a high-end like interior design studio. Mm-hmm. So she goes and she poops everywhere goes and tells them i made a mess in there and then she's like shopping and it's like you're like a like nine thousand dollar rug yeah like i went to their sample sale last year and like i was like oh uh, i really like this ottoman and it was like at like a 70 percent discount for 400 dollars. jesus yeah like i feel like if you 
can't wipe your own ass, <laughs> like spend that money on a on a nursing home. Well, you know, if you were rich enough to have the confidence to shit up the walls of a place you were just shopping well, at, well, I think you she might like went to like wipe and like got it over her hands and like couldn't like balance or something because it was like I don't well because I didn't see it the first time and then she came back and I was like where do I know that lady from and I was like oh fuck and like I used the handicap stall work because because of my back and I didn't, mm-hmm. like need the railings to stand up um and I like had to pee so bad and I went in there and it was like shit everywhere and I was like <laughs> I was like I'm just gonna I rent we rent this office <laughs> I was like I don't fucking see this yeah, above my. And then I, came, I came back the next day and I was gone. Most yeah. of it was gone. There was a little bit of poop left on the, on the, like the feminine garbage. Yeah. Ugh. I know. Yeah, the only retail jobs I've ever had, I've avoided cleaning poop because I was like, no, that's for somebody else. When I worked at the guitar store, it was like that's the owner's job. That's the owner's job. And yeah. then when I worked at the library, I was lucky that we had cleaning staff, and we could call them if we needed to so we would just call the cleaning staff if you found what i worked at um half price a a crazy person like um wiped their butt with a book and then smeared shit everywhere in the bathroom it was like on the walls it was on the base of the toilet yeah that's basically just like the twitter conservatives now (laughs) yeah and then i was like well i'm not fucking doing this like i'm absolutely not dealing with this and then the person who did she was like, I can do it, no problem. And then she did it, and then later I found out she was like extremely Christian. Oh. And I'm wondering if she did it because she forgave them for smearing their boo-boo everywhere. <laughs> well, I don't forgive because doo-doo is doo-doo. Doo-doo is doo-doo. When I worked at Lyles, I had to clean, uh, I came in for a shift at like four or five, and mm-hmm. like somebody had been drinking, um, two for one red wine all day and the bar opened at like 10 and this woman had thrown up in the sink and left and it was like black vomit in the sink it was like chunky black vomit and no one would clean it and I was like well one of us has to clean it and then because I'm an idiot I was like I'll do it and so I like took my scarf out of my hair wrapped it around my face put on two pairs of gloves and took a can of scrubbing bubbles and like had to I had to fucking scoop it out with my hands yeah and guess what what it was still warm but if I I sprayed it with scrubbing bubbles so I wouldn't smell it yeah that's smart and then I I threw up by the dumpster ugh that fucking sucks dude yeah that's okay yeah that's so nasty People who just don't think that, like, somebody has to clean your shit up. Well, yeah, also because it's Milladane. It's not like those stalls are occupied. And I've thrown up at Lyle's before. Yeah. (laughs) There's a way to do it. Or, like, if you fuck up that bad, just clean it up. Yeah. Like, just clean it up. If you fuck up, just own your mistake. I've seen some fucked up shit at uh, rest stops on tour. Yeah. One time I took a picture of it. Because someone like, th- I remember I took a picture and sent it to you guys because somebody just like threw up and it looked like really funny. Oh, in the, <laughs> it was somebody puked at the, the rest up on the way into Chicago. Yeah, the one that you love. Yeah. It's your favorite rest stop. It is. And it was just like a really funny puke. And I sent you guys a little picture. <laughs> but they did it in the sink. That's so annoying. And they didn't clean it up. And it was like, what the fuck, dude? But yeah. I feel like, like anywhere you go has like 18 toilets. Yeah. It's so nasty. Cause like, Do you know what the cleanest stall is always the very first one because no one uses it? No. 
Nice. Except for me. <laughs> Except for Coleslaw tearing it up. You're walking out going, I made Bring a mess in there. I made a mess in there, Target. <laughs> That's the first stall. That's the one I always use. That's my signature stall. It's true, though. Yeah, no, I believe you. Because people like don't really see it as an option because you're yeah. like walking past it. Looking for yeah, open one. for sure. You know what else I do? What? I rip off the first like two or three squares of toilet paper and throw it in the toilet and then I use the stuff that um, hasn't been touched by another person. Yeah, for sure. I'm scared of everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, public bathrooms are gross and yeah. like they're inherently gross, but then people really do make a mess in there. Mm-hmm. Like people really just show out in the public yeah. bathroom. Well, I can't fucking believe that lady who just like smeared her poop everywhere or like, I don't know, like, I've unclogged that toilet so many times because women shop over there. They go and they take giant shits and they clog the toilets. They just fucking walk out. Yeah. And then I have to unclog it because it's like, I have to take a giant shit and I can't (laughs) take one on top of yours. (laughs) Judith. (laughs) More like Judas. Am I right? (laughs) Clogging all my damn toilets. So annoying. I'm freaking prairie dogging it. (laughs) Plunge in the toilet, one foot up on the stall wall. Can I need some fucking leverage? Can I eat some oatmeal, bitch? <laughs> Damn. I think, like, the women who work next door to me, like, clog the toilet because all they talk about is barbecue chicken. <laughs> <laughs> this is too much barbecue chicken. I swear, chicken like, once a week. <laughs> fucking once a week. They're like, I tried a new barbecue chicken recipe. And it's like, fucking, of course you did. Shut oh, up. No. They're, they're always like, I don't really get that hungry. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fuck until you're you. shoveling barbecue chicken yeah. in the privacy of your own home and then taking fucking monster brick yeah. dumps. That's <laughs> what brick is really about. <laughs> so annoying. Yeah. Anyway. That's why I'm nervous to start a new job. What, to meet new people's shits? <laughs> to see poop from different people? Well, yeah, because it's like, I don't know, you like kind of like get into like the groove, like how to poop at a job. You'll figure out how to poop at the new job, too. I won't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go on a barbecue chicken only diet. (laughs) Okay. Clearly, that's not the way. They'll be like, and here's the bathroom. And I'll be like, I won't be needing that. (laughs) 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 Don't even, can I think of one thing I do in there? (laughs) (laughs) I don't do that. Not me. <laughs> totally normal. Monica Coleslaw. <laughs> you can make coleslaw in Sardi Valley. No, oh, cool. I don't have the stuff for it, though. I got to grow a couple cabbages. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, I think I've said all I need to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can do the rest by myself if you want. No, you can keep talking. No, it's okay if <laughs> you're done. Somebody on Twitter uh, also said, uh, um, did a, wrote out a parody of Welcome to Raccoon City that was like uh, Paradise City. That was really funny. Oh, yeah, this, okay. The song Paradise City. Yeah. You know how I thought that song went for so long? What? Uh, take me down to the Paradise City where the girls are screaming, the girls are pretty sweet cherry pie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Those are two different songs. But don't they sound like the other 
No, they don't. If you know how that line finishes, sweet cherry pie would not make it's a different meter, it's a different like everything. Melody. No way. Oh. <laughs> Alright, I'll do a stitch now and drop it in so people can decide if that makes sense. Okay, well it's gonna be perfect. So yeah, um, Resident Evil, <laughs> welcome to Raccoon City. It's a smart movie. The first smart choice they made was to not put Welcome to Raccoon City on the title card because that's a dumbass yeah. name for a movie. So title card just says Resident Evil. I think Resident it's Evil. cute. You think it's cute? Yeah. Cute was the mood they were going for. You think? Yeah. Why is yeah. it called Raccoon City? Is because they get diseases and freak out too? I don't know why it's called Raccoon City. Oh. Well, I guess when they named it, they didn't think that anyone was going to get a disease and freak out. Yeah, for sure. They do change some things that I think was kind of smart with like the city itself and Umbrella Corporation where like it's basically like a small town that had a boom because Umbrella Corporation came in and is now like leaving. And so the place is like kind of shitty and abandoned and the truck driver is like, don't go there. It's like a shitty place. I thought that was interesting. A little bit of like anti-capitalist like well, propaganda injected. Yeah, the in there. intro says that the only people who are still there are the people who can't afford to leave. Yeah. Yeah, so there is like a little bit of a like class conscious like twist on Resident Evil and also like the corporation is portrayed as evil in a way that I think is a lot more relatable like if you live in an Amazon town or something because like in the games they're just like Bond villains. Yeah. They're just like we're gonna make everybody have eyes on their nipples, you know, and in this they're like. <laughs> It'd be so fun to like be a secretary for one of those people. Why? Because <laughs> you just like make appointments and go like that's crazy. <laughs> they don't tell you what they're doing. I don't think they would tell you. <laughs> you think they're coming out like, oh yes, I have an appointment with a uh, with a you know Moroccan warlord to sell him some. Some diseases to use on his people. Oh you know, my god. Wow. <laughs> Pencil him in for 330 Monica. <laughs> also, you're doing great work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Why don't you take off early today? Thanks so much. <laughs> I like walk by a guy with eyes on his nipples. <laughs> hey, Todd. <laughs> Hello, Monica. <laughs> okay are you feeling better yeah you're back (laughs) yeah so anyway they made umbrella evil in the same way that like amazon is evil which i think is cool so like they're just like an unscrupulous pharmaceutical company that's like leaving a town and when there's an outbreak they're just gonna nuke it which i feel like seems pretty realistic do you think that happens in real life I think it would in this sort of like scenario. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've said before that like my dad worked for Westinghouse and they had a bunch of like improperly stored like nuclear waste that at any time could have leaked into the water. And I mean, if that had happened, I don't know what they would have done. Do you think that's why he's like living for so long? No, usually <laughs> would that ex- be so annoying if it somehow made him immortal? No, if you're exposed to that, you actually die oh. very young. Well, he better hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had to like wear like uh, 
like Geiger counters and shit when they would like really? go into places. Oh stuff. my god! Yeah, so yeah, you think you would have already kicked it by now, but the old yeah. the old bats really hanging on. <clears throat> Sorry, it's all right. Anyway, so <laughs> I like how they did that with Umbrella, and I also like how they kind of fixed the weird story problem with the Birkins. Um, so like the Birkins are that family of scientists with a oh, daughter. Sure. Um, uh, William Birkin, the dad, is played by that really scary character actor. He was on X Files, right? And he was unjustified. So. He's in a lot of stuff. And he's not an albino man. No. He's he, just like, he used to be bleached blonde and now his hair is gray, I think. Yeah. And he has really insane blue eyes. And he rocks. Um, I love him. Yeah. So he plays William Birkin, who in the games is mostly just a monster. You mostly interact with him as a monster. And the person you interact mostly with is Annette Birkin, who's his wife, and Sherry Birkin, who's their daughter. Like, she's a pretty big part of the games, but their appearances in the game, like, kind of don't make sense. Like, Sherry Birkin is just randomly running around in the sewer when you meet her. (laughs) And, like, Annette Birkin is just, like, this magical villain who can just teleport wherever the story wants her to be. And then William Birkin's just, like, a monster. So I like that they made them, like, a family unit. Basically, their storyline in the movie is that when the lockdown in the city happens, um, instead of trying to leave because they know that there are going to be guards there just murdering civilians, which you also see, which also feels like that's going to happen to some, like, Amazon town in, like, five years or some shit. Yeah. But um, he heads to the lab because he's like, I'm going to save my research. I'm not going to let them destroy my life's work. So his quest is to, like, go to the lab get his research and leave and his family is just kind of like stuck with him so he's just kind of like dragged them along which is a much better way to handle that storyline than it is in the game where it's just like weird and confusing but also he's really well cast because he's really weird and scary and they also gave him a backstory so that him and Chris are like really close it's like an almost familial type relationship so there's some like dramatic stakes like that's the kind of stuff they do all over the place in this movie that I could see someone who's a super fan being like annoyed by, but I actually think it's awesome and it works. I think it's just good writing because like the games are full of just bad writing and weird nonsense. I just hate it when like you watch an adaptation that's exactly like it's source material. I think that's boring. Right. Yeah, and it's amazing how close this is and how many things they pull from it because the games would not make for a good one-to-one adaptation into a movie. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just so weird and all over the place. And I think, you know, it looks like they're going to keep making these movies. Like, there's an after-credits sequence that, like, suggests (laughs) that. And if they are, I'm excited to see what they do because the further you get in the series, the less the plot line makes sense. So I'm curious to see how they kind of like clean up um, the lore of Resident Mm -hmm. Evil and try and make a coherent storyline out of it. The other crazy thing too is that by combining the first two games into one night, uh, they basically cut out Resident Evil 3 because Resident Evil 3 happens at the same time as the game Resident Evil 2, which is set after Resident Evil 1. So like... Okay, the end sequence of this movie is the same as the end sequence of Resident Evil 2, which is basically that um, in that game, it's Leon and Claire are trying to escape the city with Sherry Birkin, the little girl. They find a train that's going to get them out of the city before the city is nuked, and they get attacked by a monster, 
you know, canonically, I think it's Leon shoots the monster with a rocket launcher. That's the end. So they just do that in the movie, which is cool. I thought that was like a nice Easter egg or not Easter egg, but like very on the nose reference type thing. So it's like, oh, yeah, I've played that like 18 times. Like, I know that. But um, in this version, it's all the characters are there. So it's every main character of the first two games that survives is there. They're on the train. They nuked a town. And that's like the end of the the story basically so they cut out resident evil 3 which means that if they're trying to go by games the next two would be like code veronica and resident evil 4 which would be really weird because i think they're both in like europe but they're in different countries and like i don't know if they're gonna try and just put people all over the world and do like a crazy like world spanning like resident evil movie but this one is cool because you realize that you don't actually have to change that much about the plot to make the first two games happen at the same time and the big difference is just like at the end five people walk out instead of three and it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah that's cool but I don't know did, like as someone who doesn't have all this shit already in their head did you feel like it felt like too much was happening or that it was like overstuffed I don't think so yeah because it was just like I don't know it was just like a really fun movie yeah and they didn't I mean like I thought it would have been annoying if, like, you know, they, like, put in some kind of, like, heavily, like, romantic moment or something. Yeah. That would have annoyed me more than, I mean, like, I thought it was fine. Yeah. It didn't feel like too much at any point. For sure. Well, it's a good thing, too, is, like, trying to keep with the tone of the game, which is just, like, fun action and then just, like, scary moments. Yeah. There are some scary-ass moments Mm -hmm. in the movie, like... I do think they nailed the like too many zombies. This is scary kind yeah. of feel. Uh, the thing that scared me the most was when Denal Log was trying to evacuate and he couldn't. Yeah. So that scared me and he had yeah. to like turn around. Yeah, because they start like opening fire on civilians and so he just gets in his car and mm-hmm. turns around. That's like another character that they heavily changed because he's a villain in the games and they made him like a just a nice guy. Just, like, like an annoying cop. Yeah, just an annoying cop. But he's like, you know, he's like played by another very likable Mm -hmm. (laughs) actor so like that that was a good change um but yeah like i don't know that's the whole like horror of resident evil once again in the original games is all just that last scene of night living dead when it's just like oh there's there's too many of them you don't have enough bullets Mm -hmm. and i thought they did a good job with that there's a cool sequence where it's like uh chris is trying to get like a lighter to work and then, like, a zombie jumps at him. Oh, yeah. And then he fights a bunch of zombies in the dark. Yeah, there was, like, that one strobe light part. And I was like, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I... I just don't like that. Sure. Like, when the light is off, and then something gets closer while it's in the dark, and the light goes on and it's closer. Oh. <clears throat> I did yeah. that to my sister the night before high school graduation. <laughs> Why? I was like, good night. See you tomorrow morning on your big day. And I like gave her a kiss on the forehead and I turned off her light. And then she thought I left and I got really close to her and turned the light back on. So you you don't like it in movies, but you like it when you do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Everything's fine when I do it. Just to be clear. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, man, it's just a really fun movie. It looks really good. It has that great, like, dark 90s look to it. The, like, actors all do a really good job. The monsters and the effects and everything look really good. Nothing looks corny. It's super fun to see 
Effie from Skins and something. And yeah. she looks exactly the same. Yeah, that's cool. I don't think you watched Skins, but... I did not. Let's see if she's done anything since that show. Probably not. Yeah, like, I think one thing, too, about the, the older Resident Evil movies is that there's some really bad CG and some really bad-looking monsters and stuff. And it's nice to see all that stuff done really well. Like, yeah, the zombies look good. The liquor looks good. Lisa Trevor is really creepy looking. She's cool. Yeah, she's really cool. Well, and that's also, like, once again, another smart piece of remixing is, like, that's one of the coolest, weirdest things in the Resident Evil remake. So I guess it's part of the Resident Evil 1 lore. And so they're like, let's find a way to fit this in here because that's just like a cool story. Her backstory is crazy too. I'm surprised they didn't get like more into that in the movie, but you should look that up on the Resident Evil wiki. It's pretty crazy. Her backstory? Yeah. They basically just like kept experimenting on her and she just like kept murdering scientists. Mm-hmm. And that's why she has all those faces like all over oh, her. Oh, okay. So they're yeah, all just like people's that. faces like stitched onto her. It's fucking crazy. She's oh. way scarier looking in the game too. They like... They definitely cleaned her up so she wouldn't be as like horrifying in the movie. But once again, it's just like a it's a smart piece of writing. Using the orphanage is nice because it kind of breaks it out of the monotony of just always being in labs. Oh my god! Oh, okay. He found Lisa Trevor. Jesus Christ! Yeah, like you you would shoot that. What the fuck? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I'm about to shoot my freaking phone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at this. <laughs> Oh my god, we've uh, stumbled upon some really bad Lisa Trevor fan art. Save that. That's the Instagram post. Okay. Oh my god, what if the person who made it listens to Zero Brightness? I hope they do. It's great. Good job. You did a great job if you're listening. Um, Here's Lisa Trevor sexy in the, her early stages of mutation. Yeah, what? That's not... <sighs> it's just a woman not wearing pants with a demon face. I don't like yeah. that. That's not sexy. Whoa, look at this freaking cosplay. I kind of want to get in a cosplay. Okay, that's cool, actually. Can you edit the part out where I said I want to get in a cosplay? Yeah. Actually, no, it's okay. You don't have to. Okay, I'll leave it in. But yeah, super fun movie. I think the best review I could give it is that when it was over, I wanted to watch it again. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. And it wasn't so scary that I was scared to go outside. Yeah. It's just like creepy and intense in moments. Uh Nails the Resident Evil thing. It's just super fun. It has a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's insane. What the fuck? What do people want from, once again, I think it kind of goes back to the original question that you posed, which is like, what the fuck do you want from Resident Evil game? Like, yeah, the original games are like so boneheaded. Like, what do you, what do you think a movie should be? You know what I mean? Yeah. This is like kind of wild. Yeah. People are just like pissed off. I haven't looked at anything about it on the internet because I don't want to hear people just like peeing their pants on Reddit or yeah. whatever. Oh boy, Bloody Disgusting wrote about it. Oh. Ten things that the movie changed that really suck. <laughs> okay, so they wrote a review. I'm not going to read it, but they made a list of five horror video game adaptations to watch after this. Number one, Dead Space Downfall. <laughs> what? Number two, Detention. That's actually Doom. a good movie. They have Silent Hill at the bottom. Yeah. Wait, Werewolves Within is based on a video game? Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. It's, huh, it, shows up, really it shows up right at the end of the movie, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was like one of the best movies I've seen in a while. And it shows up right at the end, and I like Googled it, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Never Do you know what Sam Richardson and Tim Robinson spend Thanksgiving together? That's really cute. Yeah, well, don't listen to anything anyone says. The movie's really good. It's really fun. 
Yeah. I'm going to watch it again when I'm able to. But the other thing too is that like I think they nailed the feel and the the general plot of the game so well that like when it was done I wanted to go play Resident Evil which is like isn't Uh, that the point of the fucking movie well I think so and the same thing happened to me when she hopped on the freaking motorcycle I was like oh I kind of want to try playing these games yeah right like the whole point of it is to promote a game and make people want to play a game so it's like I don't know. I think it. I think it, it hits. I don't know what people wanted. I mean, this is this goes back to the dawn of time with Resident Evil stuff. I've been complaining about this for the whole time I've been doing this show, which is that like people have this idea of Resident Evil in their mind as this like, for lack of a better term, like classy, well-made thing, and it's not. It's schlocky garbage. Like the source material is schlocky garbage. Why would the movie not be just corny and over the top and fun? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like what. You want like a serious dramatic thing? That doesn't make sense. The same. I feel the same way about Silent Hill. Like Silent Hill is less corny and schlocky, but at the same time, it's like the original game. The main dude's dialogue all sounds like Hank Hill. What's yeah. going on here? You know. I don't so play like, any of those either. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah, some of the best I just games get of all scared time. Scared really easily. <laughs> yeah, you do get spooked. You played a little bit of Silent Hill too, right? And you got really scared. Is that the one in the carnival? Oh, that's Silent Hill 3. Yeah. I played a little bit of that one and a little bit of the one where the guy's in the apartment. Oh, that's four. Yeah. And you got too spooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Are you okay today? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we have to stop again. Monica is... Uh... I think I fucked up my throat. Monica's glitching. We have to reboot Monica. That was so weird.